Hi everyone. Welcome to my brand new podcast Master of None. I am Dinakaran and I have been working in the IT industry for over a decade now. Through this podcast, I would like to provide a running commentary on the emerging and new trends in the tech industry, focusing predominantly on the intersection of cloud, programming, architecture, devops, machine learning and security. I hope you find these topics discussed in the podcast interesting. Let's get started. Hey everyone. Uh in this episode uh with Master of Nan, we are going to discuss about DevSecOps. Right? Uh, DevSecOps is uh, basically the collaboration of development teams, operations teams and security teams. Uh, all of them coming together to build deliver and uh, uh, deploy applications in a safer manner uh, this is uh, this particular uh, concept has been now uh, very common uh, due to the evolution of devops uh, previously in the waterfall world uh, the whole sdlc process used to happen in such a way that security would happen towards the end of the implementation and uh, during those phases if there are any issues with uh, the code or the infrastructure or setup those has to be handled and uh, then uh, once the clearance security clearance is provided uh, in terms of architecture security uh, everything will be uh, finalized over that towards the end but now with an agile based development uh, the life cycle is actually shortened right so we have iterative releases that are happening Uh, with a fewer weeks uh, probably one or two weeks is how the delivery is now focused right now uh, the devops has actually now got into this uh, agile model but security has uh, still not uh, been there right so it is becoming very difficult for the security team to kind of you know work uh, with their existing workflow uh, in a very iterative fashion and that's why uh, the now focus is now for the security team to kind of you know engage with the developments and operations team right from the beginning of the engagement and uh, continuously collaborate and uh, to understand uh, what are the uh, security challenges that uh, that are commonly uh, like you know face these days and then uh, kind of uh, uh, provide uh, solutions uh, tools and processes so that it can actually uh, help to deliver uh, softwares in a secure manner right so instead of thinking of security towards the end so the main focus of devsecops is to think uh, like you know shift the security to the left to mean that you know from the starting itself you start doing the security right so along with uh, work by working with the development team and also the operations team in a uh, collaborative fashion right so this is how uh, this is what devsecops is all about so uh, how do team get started with devsecops right so there are uh, three elements uh, that we need to have uh, like you know wherein we need to have discussions so the first one is on the people front right so for any of the security initiatives right so since it's not a, a very user focused uh, feature all that stuff security is generally not given that much of an importance right uh, so it's always kind of you know if you have time handle it kind of a scenario right so it's not very uh, like you know uh, actively being focused upon right so to get any of your security uh, aspect of it uh, like you know uh, real importance i think we need to have a like you know stakeholder buy in right so everybody uh, from the top to the you know every single member in the team uh, they should all be kind of aware on 
what what are what is what is the uh, security uh, aspects of it that we need to understand uh, build and deliver and if there is uh, there are issues with that particular approach how do we uh, what are the impacts uh, etc needs to be clearly understood right so it's very important uh, to have everybody in the organization or within the teams etc to be really uh, uh, like an okay kind of get an understanding on why uh, the focus and stress should be on getting uh, devsecops started right so everybody should be kind of you know we should have a uh, learning to make everybody understand on the importance of the devsecops and what are the problems that will come in if there are uh, issues with that right so that is at a people level uh, this particular uh, like you know evangelizing that idea of devsecops should happen so that's the first step and uh, once it is done uh, so we have different uh, people now you know who was onboarded right like the development team the security team the operations team so the second part of it is uh, the process right so now everybody is now in the same page when it comes to security they all want to treat it as a priority so the next step would be process so the process means so what is a typical workflow uh, currently uh, looks like right so you have a uh, development workflow wherein a developer checks in the code, uh, the code is built and the code is deployed and then it's moved to production, right? So there is a certain workflow that is available uh, currently. So how do we kind of uh, uh, in uh, like you know kind of uh, integrate security into these various flows, right? And uh, what are the various aspects of it that needs to be considered, right? And having a documentation of you know how it should actually work. Let's say for example, this is the way how we build application and this is the standard way in which security uh, best practices uh, should be probably implemented, right? So all these kind of aspects that needs to be uh, discussed, elaborated, right? So it is not one uh, size fits all kind of a solution. So different kind of applications uh, may have different requirements, right? So based on that, a general workflow has to be standardized, right? So, so that it can be followed uh, by teams uh, and uh, across teams also so that's the second part of it and third is on the technology aspect of it right so technology is the actual implementation so what tools can be used to you know have a better security uh, like you know systems in place and what are the automation that can be done on this so that we kind of you know avoid any manual uh, like you know way of validation or verification right so these are uh, some of the things that uh, needs to be uh, thought about when we uh, think about you know, getting uh, started with a DevSecOps uh, mindset, right? So there are three uh, key uh, like, you know, areas that we need to focus. The first one is on the people front, uh, where getting everybody uh, to understand the importance of security and you know having uh, some investment made in terms of putting some uh, dedicated effort and uh, like you know kind of bringing in systems and place so that's the first part on the people front the second would be on the process front wherein you have a workflow uh, and wherein the security aspects have to have to be kind of injected and we have the required documentation also done and third is on the technology front in terms of what tools and uh, uh, automation that needs to be set up right so that's the third front so all these things are required to get started with the DevSecOps. So what is the very first step uh, that we need to uh, kind of, you know, pick it up uh, when we start with the DevSecOps, right? So the, the, the uh, first one that would be uh, normally done is basically threat modeling, right? 
so threat modeling is basically uh, initiative uh, that can be taken uh, by the organization and it can help them uh, to understand the kind of attacks or the kind of applications that we are building and uh, which can be uh, like you know targeted or you know kind of getting exposed to right so this particular uh, analysis is uh, very uh, essential uh, to understand uh, like you know what is that we have actually done so far uh, and uh, what kind of you know uh, challenges that we have right so the challenges essentially is identifying the gaps in the current security posture and uh, kind of you know decide on uh, the prioritization areas where uh, you know the security aspect of it needs to be improved right so this exercises will actually give a good view on you know how critical uh, the uh, security threat vectors are to the application right so for example uh, you may would as an organization you may want to start the initiative and there may be hundreds of applications right so how do you go about kind of you know first prioritizing uh, which applications to focus or which issues to address right so uh, that this particular threat modeling will give a view uh, to everybody in the team uh, right from you know uh, the people at the top to every developer to give a view as to you know what is the kind of application that we are building let's say for example we have an application that has a lot of customer uh, like you know health uh, related data so that's going to be uh, like you know there is a privacy aspect of it there is a compliance issue all of them get get added over that right so for those kind of application uh, the threat modeling will have a you know higher uh, weightage around it right so it's it's very essential that this threat modeling is kind of done uh, to get a good idea uh, on uh, what are the uh, big gaps and then kind of do a prioritization on these gaps right so, uh, so for example something could be you know very immediate and urgent so that's something that can be taken care immediately vis-a-vis uh, -vis the other ones uh, which can be prioritized accordingly right so the threat modeling would be a good way uh, to get started and uh, it will also help us to prioritize uh, the initiatives accordingly uh, for any uh, security initiative to succeed uh, there is a, a bit of a learning aspect uh, that needs to be uh, like you know uh, widely adopted right because uh, the the one important uh, like you know uh, north star that everybody has to have in terms of security is that security is a shared responsibility uh, everyone in the team and in the organization should have a responsibility towards security right uh, so the collaboration of you know developers uh, operations team and security teams right that's going to help uh, to put that uh, thought through that right so it's uh, like security by design so that is something uh, that should be kind of you know followed everywhere right and it's not just one particular network team or a security team who has to kind of handle every bit of it right so this education and then this learning around uh, security being a shared responsibility uh, for, so every a developer needs to understand it an operations team and has to understand so every uh, stakeholders right so everybody has to have that common shared understanding right so that is very uh, important and this particular message has to be reiterated again and again and uh, like you know it's not one single person or single team's responsibility right and uh, the second learning that can be shared is uh, secure coding practices this is mostly to the development teams right so uh, whenever they start you know kind of writing the uh, code uh, they should be really aware on 
what are the you know best practices when it comes to security right so generally the uh, development is focused more on maintainability reusability and other aspects of it right but security is not like you know uh, the application security is not something that is focused uh, right from the you know uh, beginning right it's always towards the end when you know there are some issues that are reported and you know we kind of go and fix it right but that should not be the way so there has to be some you know kind of learning sessions that is arranged to kind of you know make uh, developers and whoever writes code to have a good understanding on what are the secure code coding practices that needs to be followed right and uh, the other uh, as part of that uh, another uh, thing that we, everybody needs to understand is that OWASP top 10 vulnerability right so the OWASP is a very uh, popular uh, like you know open source project for security and in this particular project every year they kind of release the top 10 uh, vulnerabilities uh, for web applications right so it is mostly like you know things like sql injection and uh, you know there there's so, so some kind of vulnerabilities like this is actually listed so all developers right whoever is writing the code he should be aware on you know what is this uh, like you know uh, OWASP top 10 is all about and how do we ensure that our code you know kind of doesn't uh, like you know have any issues related to security on that right so that is on the one aspect of it and other thing is uh, not just uh, like you know giving them some kind of sessions but on a regular day-to-day -day basis or you know once in a while uh, every security incidents that is being reported in the media so all of these has to be kind of uh, kind of discussed within the team and you know everybody around right because the uh, implications of a security incident for organizations are really large right and then there is a, a widespread media attention that is uh, there and uh, like you know there is a lot of uh, conversation that uh, like you know happens around it and it's going to like you know impact the brand right so the more uh, these kind of incidents that is happening elsewhere like you know those has to be kind of you know discussed on a uh, like you know very frequent basis so that you know they kind of everybody understands on how uh, you know much of a how big of an impact that these kind of issues can actually be there right a simple uh, like you know in a, in a in a cloud environment right a simple s3 bucket if it is kind of left open it is actually going to you know give way for you know hackers to uh, log into the system and you know uh, steal valuable data or make some like you know uh, vulnerability create some vulnerability right so these kind of uh, like you know uh, conversations around security or what is happening what is widely missed out right so this kind of like you know education should happen uh, within the team so it kind of you know makes everybody aware on what is uh, happening around and uh, the uh, like you know, implications of not following the best practices so how do we go about the actual implementation right uh, as part of this threat modeling uh, so we have done the uh, analysis and we have also done the prioritization right so uh, there are three uh, or four elements that we can actually define over here in the implementation phase right so there are uh, targets that we can actually kind of identify uh, as part of this analysis and a target once it is done, you could probably have a, a rules uh, that are defined so that we kind of, you know, uh, ensure that we don't uh, have that particular problem anymore, right? So that are the rules that will be defined for the specific targets. And once those rules are defined, then you probably want to enforce that 
particular road uh, towards this right and uh, the final part would be the tool set right so the tools that can be used to uh, like you know implement that particular uh, uh, like you know enforcer specific uh, rules right so this is how we kind of you know go about uh, you know doing the implementation right so one could uh, small example could be right our target could be on how do we want to do the secret management right uh, secret uh, so no secret should be kind of exposed right so when we talk about secrets it's about the security credentials uh, the auth keys uh, so those things how do we the target should be we should not be exposing any of this particular credentials right so that is the target let's say for example so we can have like that so many different kind of targets right? and so to do to achieve that particular target so what are the rules that we should have right so it could be something like there should be not be any secret within the repository and uh, for example for database we cannot have the same password for a long time there should be password that should be rotated automatically and uh, we cannot have the secrets in plain text right so these could be some rules that we would want to uh, like you know uh, put in place right and how are these going to be enforced right so now we have a target then we also have a rules then how do we go about enforcing it right so the enforcing part of it is where you probably you know uh, kind of scan the uh, various repository git repositories etc and uh, we kind of you know ensure that uh, uh, there are no secrets that are actually checked into the code into the source code right so those aspects of it can be done using a scanning right and the other part could be you can actually have a secret manager or something like that that can uh, like you know have the uh, secure credentials and uh, it is not going to be available for everybody right so this is the enforcement part of it and finally could be the tool set right so what are the tools that could be used to kind of enforce this particular uh, uh, rules that we have actually configured right so that's the it's basically a four step process right so the first one would be target what do we want to achieve right second one is rules the rules is about how we are going to do that so what are the list of rules that we would want to define to achieve this target and third one could be enforcement right so how are we going to enforce that this particular practice is going to be followed all the time right so whether it's going to scan the code uh, you know you kind of maintain the secrets so so like this we can actually do the final part is where the actual tool set will be there so what kind of tools can be used to uh, like you know enforce a certain uh, like you know rules right so this is how the uh, you know implementation process uh, should go you know be handled and uh, again uh, so when we start with the implementation so one thing that we need to be aware is uh, we already have uh, like you know a lot of conflicting priorities so we should not be you know going big bang like you know stop every uh, single work and you know go about uh, implementing the so the uh, next step that we can actually think about is so if there is no big bang approach so what is that that we can actually start with right so uh, always try to uh, like you know secure some early easy wins so there may be few items that are prioritized which are uh, low hanging fruit and it can be easily picked up and uh, you know it can be fixed right so this will actually give developers a good view into uh, the kind of work that is involved and uh, like you know they will also be able to better appreciate the 
process uh, aspect of it also right so go with uh, like you know uh, things that are actually easy to be fixed uh, low hanging fruits and early wins will help uh, everybody in the team uh, to get started easily okay and uh, the other thing that we ha- have to understand is that uh, uh, have uh, like you know uh, the security kind of you know uh, uh, stories as part of the development sprint uh, and it can be as a like you know as part of the regular sprint activity itself uh, enough estimates and efforts can be calculated and allocated right so this way it will be like uh, not a, it will be an ongoing effort and everybody kind of really understands so the more security discussions are actually happening within the team so that will be better focus and everybody will be able to appreciate it right and uh, also not to avoid uh, like you know kind of enabling every single rule uh, that is available so that a very uh, large uh, rule set is actually uh, like you know enabled so there will be so many security issues reported and people will not be very interested to kind of fix all of them right so kind of enable one or two uh, iterate it and uh, like you know uh, move ahead uh, in, in that particular fashion right it let me a slow uh, slowly evolving process right and uh, all the uh, like you know once this process is introduced right so we have to ensure that uh, the process is uh, really uh, like you know integrated so whatever the tool set everything is uh, uh, available it should be well integrated into the workflow uh, which people are already used to let's say for example a developer is actually writing code there is a certain workflow that is there uh, you should not be kind of expecting the developer to break away from the workflow let's say for example you have a static uh, code analysis a new tool that is there and it is actually separately available and developer has to uh, kind of you know push the uh, pick the code manually and then you know go and upload the code to get the result so if that is the workflow that is set up then probably you know developers will not be doing it proactively right so they will probably go and do it towards the fag end of the development and then there may be issues reported and then there needs to be some kind of you know uh, additional time that would be taken to fix this so instead of that if it is part of the existing ci cd process so what happens is that they will get immediate feedback and when things are not right it will be uh, like you know the build process itself can get stopped right so the developers will immediately get the feedback and they can fix it so that we can also avoid the uh, last minute surprises right so once we kind of do you know all these uh, different aspect of it uh, in terms of the implementation uh, it will make uh, the whole team to galvanize a co- like you know uh, along this initiative now coming to the uh, tools so what are the common tools uh, that are actually used for the uh, security initiatives right uh one could be the most uh, uh, like you know common and very popular ones or those on the static code analysis so we have uh, various tools uh, that are available in the market and most of these tools uh, have capability wherein we can define these rules and uh, they can be uh, like you know integrated well into the uh, code pipeline aspect right so the static code analysis can give you a report on you know what kind of uh, like you know vulnerabilities and all those things detected so that is static code analysis one uh, tool that is widely used the other one could be on the dynamic uh, code right? so static code is only just to understand how the code is going to is return and what are the vulnerabilities but in the actual real time when things are actually not uh, like you know be how it's behaving right so that's where the dynamic code thing along when you do this uh, pen testing you will be able to uh, generate other issues that are uh, like you know commonly available right so 
that is those things uh, other than that the other tools that we have is on the vulnerability scanning so we may be using a lot of open source libraries and these libraries may have some vulnerabilities or even when we package our code into a container using docker and other technologies uh, there may be vulnerability reported right so these kind of vulnerability scanning will help us to avoid uh, issues like that right and uh, other ways uh, in cloud there are a lot of infrastructure that is being created and uh, to create those infrastructure also we have uh, like you know uh, configuration that is written as a code right so to ensure that those configurations are all in line there are tools uh, to do the validation etc so some tools are you know for example in cloud formation within aws you have some tools like cf and lint that can check whether your indentation and everything is actually proper and whether the validation is done correctly etc and then there are also tools like cf and nag that can look at the rules and understand you know how the various uh, rules are configured let's say for example you have a requirement that every particular resource that is created should be properly tagged so this could be a rule and if your resource creation doesn't have a tag then this particular uh, like you know uh, cfn tool can help us to validate those kind of rules right so and uh, say for example you have a new security group created but you have it open widely with 000 code right so everybody can access it so those kind of issues we will be able to kind of detect in the infrastructure code paradigm right the other tools are on uh, secret manager to you know you store the credentials and if you want to do the password rotation you know every 90 days for database or whatever it is so those can be actually followed and uh, the same way with uh, like you know when for web applications right this is the more at the network level right so the web application firewall is something that we can actually use to for the ddos kind of you know attack situations uh, those tools can be followed right but again depending on what kind of application that we are building uh, the tools that we are going to use and the workflow could be uh, very different it's not the same workflow uh, the uh, every application that we build is going to be a bit different right so we may have a virtual mission we may have a container technology we may have a serverless technology we may use a nosql we may use a database we may use you know queues and whatnot right so it can be different kind of uh, tools that may be required uh, to uh, suit to various scenarios right so based on that your tool set has to be uh, like you know evolved slowly uh, to help address the various uh, like you know challenges arising out of security so we we'll probably uh, look at a few uh, you know security issues that are commonly reported uh, probably in the cloud space right uh, so one uh, main uh, like you know every now and then you also hear in the news is uh, the s3 buckets left open to the public right and then hackers are able to access the s3 bucket and able to like you know extract customer information right so this particular uh, issue is uh, like you know uh, very often there and uh, the solution to this particular thing could be a finely grind uh, you know IAM access control and permissions to the bucket right so this is how you kind of address it and the way how you go about it is to do kind of security audit at one as uh, through one level and the other level is to ensure that the infrastructure has a code you know whenever we do this configuration so the validation is done so that uh, these kind of issues are uh, like you know caught at the upfront itself right uh, the other one could be the DDoS attack, uh, like you know, on a web application, right? So for this again, we kind of use the web application firewall to, you know, uh, 
like you know uh, avoid those kind of actions right and also the uh, sql injection so that is uh, another uh, commonly done uh, like you know mistake when we do the code so for that you know you probably use the waf and then the rule set is provided by waf to ensure that uh, we can avoid this right? and uh, some other things could be the security credentials are checked into the source uh, repository right so what happens is that hackers you know whenever they get up immediately like you know they kind of do the scanning and if they see you know your, your cloud access id and all those things uh, like available in the source code and it's a public repository then they will be able to pick that up and log into you know the vm and then even they can do the bit uh, bitcoining bitcoin mining right so then we are going to enquire uh, you know huge amount of bill right so you have to be extremely careful about what we are checking in and security credentials should uh, never be checked in right the same way with database so we have the ssh port open but it should not be wide open to the public right so you cannot open it to everybody in the world right so we have to ensure that the ip address is restricted and the same way with the uh, you know iim policies it should be only restricted to the kind of operation that is required and uh, like you know it has to be very restrictive it has to have have a least restrictive policy and uh, like you know we never give access let's say for example you have to give access to dynamo db you don't give access to the all the tables in dynamo db but the only table which that particular application is going to use and either it's going to be read only or write right so you go kind of you know, do a very finely grained access control so that you know we don't uh, you know encounter any issues right so these are very common scenarios that we get to hear every now and then mostly on the cloud space but similarly like you know there are lot of issues that are there so the way uh, how we go about it is uh, like you know some of these we would be able to uh, solve via the code some of them through configuration and some of them through validation some of them through additional testing right so these are uh, for different issues we will kind of adopt different approaches to ensure that uh, you know they are they are all addressed well so we discussed a, a lot of uh, you know ways we can you know kind of improve the security and uh, most of them are actually focused on what we could do better with the at the application side right so beyond that we also have to kind of you know invest on a few other areas right so one could be on the observability front right so observability is what is currently kind of you know happening into our application right and uh, uh, like you know uh, who is actually making the request and whether are any seeing any uh, like you know new uh, request that is coming in with a uh, huge amount of load right so those kind of uh, things you should be able to uh, like you know uh, understand right so that's where uh, observability uh, comes into uh, picture so we should be able to uh, have a very good view on uh, with a lot of uh, like you know what we could do to improve these observability aspects have alarm set up alert set up so that that will give you a view as to uh, like you know if there is anything uh, different that is actually happening from the norm you will be able to immediately investigate right so the one other aspect of it that we would want to evolve as part of the devsecops is on the uh, observability and this is going to help us to do better monitoring and uh, uh, quickly get into action in case we have any issues right the second thing could be uh, traceability right so uh, so what has actually led to what right so let's say for example we have uh, like you know uh, the deployment process that is actually happening so we should be able to uh, like you know uh, 
uh, when we have an incident, we should be able to trace it as to what was the root cause for it, right? So we should be having uh, like, you know, well-defined logs and access controls and everything so that we are able to clearly trace the root cause of the issue and uh, like take necessary action, right? And uh, on the third level is uh, like, you know, in addition to application, right? So we also have to set up enough monitoring uh, at the infrastructure level and also at the network level, right? So when I say infrastructure, uh, what I mean by that is like, say, for example, we have an uh, uh, like you know uh, have the rules enabled so that if somebody is going to change a security group role we should be immediately get uh, notified unless otherwise it's uh, approved one it should be like you know immediately we should be able to uh, like you know get some notification around that right so same way with uh, uh, network let's say for example we have an access that is actually restricted to you know only not access the internet but suddenly it's being accessed to now internet so those kind of things we should be able to like you know have some alerts and monitoring set up so that we will be able to handle these situations uh, better okay so we have now come to an end right so we uh, to just to you know rewind back uh, the various things that we discussed right so we kind of uh, started with uh, trying to understand why uh, devops uh, secops is required uh, how things were before in waterfall versus the agile model and what were the typical security challenges that led to the idea of uh, DevSecOps, right? So the most important thing that we need to understand is security should be considered uh, from the start itself. Security should be uh, designed, design security by design is what we need to focus and shifting the security to the left instead of, you know, leaving it to the faggot, right? So that is how the DevSecOps we talked about. And who are the different stakeholders who needs to be like, you know, uh, brought in and their buy-in has to be there, teams has to be on-hoarded, right? That's on the people front. Then we also have a process wherein we need to do the workflow standardization and documentation. And also the technology and uh, uh, like, you know, what is that we need to do? Tools and automation, whatever is required, right? And we also briefly touched upon how do we do threat modeling and, you know, how do we kind of prioritize which issues need to be fixed? So for the threat modeling is going to give a very good uh, like you know data points so that we can get started right and we also focused on the need for learning like you know to ensure that people understand that security is a shared responsibility and everybody in the team should be aware about it we talked about the security secure code practices and wasp top 10 vulnerabilities that needs to be kind of addressed and also a general uh, discussion with the team about very recent security incidents right so these will give a view on what is actually happening and uh, how things can go wrong, right? So from an implementation perspective, we also discussed about, you know, what are the various ways we can actually go about it and not to out, uh, pick up a big bang approach, but do it more iteratively, uh, like, you know, get some quick wins with some, you know, low hanging fruit, etc. And we also wanted the, uh, like, you know, uh, whole workflow to be well integrated so that there is no additional uh, burden for the developers or anybody doing the security work. They don't get added uh, work because of this workflow that is set up so everything should be integrated well so we briefly touched upon some of the tools that are widely used like static code analysis pen testing linting tools these uh, vulnerability scanning etc and uh, we also on discussed on you know what are the difficult uh, typical you know issues that we see in the cloud and how we can kind of you know address them then finally we touched upon the observability and traceability aspect of it and how we need alerts and monitoring to be enabled so that we will be able to proactively monitor 
and in case if there is any problem we could be able to quickly go and address it right so this is a very high level view it's basically a 101 on what devsecops is all about the most uh, take important takeaway that i want everybody to have is uh, security is not going to be one single person or teams responsible and everybody should be uh, like an you know, onboarded onto this whole thing right i hope you found this uh, uh, episode interesting thank you